You are listening to Smart Women's Dating Podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to Smart Women's Dating Podcast. I am your host, certified life coach Lærke Nielsen, and I help smart, independent women attract the love they deeply desire without having to chase or settle. This podcast will give you the mindset, tools, and insights you need to finally crack the code to your love life. Are you ready? Then let's go! Hey there! Welcome back to the podcast. Did you know that a feeling is just your body's reaction to a thought in your mind? That your feelings are felt in your body, but they are generated by your thinking. This week we are diving into one of the most exciting topics of life coaching and maybe even life in general. It's how we relate to our feelings. And my mission today is to help you become more emotionally available to yourself because this will help you become immune to emotionally unavailable men, the players and the breadcrumbers. As you might have noticed, this is a third episode in a mini-series of three, and the first one was about the emotional available or unavailable man, how to know if a man is one or the other. The second one was about why you keep falling for the unavailable man, and then this one is going to be about your own emotional programming, available or unavailable, what it looks like from the inside, how you can practice becoming more emotionally available to yourself, and how this will change the way that you date and your relationship with yourself. So what is it about how we relate to our feelings? We all have a relationship with our feelings. We have so many feelings as human beings, and yet we don't know how to name them, we can't identify them, we don't know how to feel them. We try not to feel a large part of them. We don't trust them. We don't know why we feel them. We don't have a language to talk about them. We try to cut them out of our life, except when they're super positive, and even then we tell ourselves not to get caught in them. And we definitely believe that we should never let them guide us, and that we actually have a choice between feelings and rational thinking. But this was never correct. All your feelings are generated by thoughts. There is no contradiction. There is no this or that. It's always both. And you're always guided by feeling. Even when you think it's your mind and your rational thinking. Because then it's the feeling that your rational thoughts are creating. And actually neuroscience shows us that we are much more emotional beings than we are rational beings. Everything we do in life. Everything is motivated by how we believe is going to make us feel. The feeling of having a loving partner, having an exciting career, a beautiful house, a big family, making lots of money, making any dream come true. We are always driven by how we think it will feel to get there. And everything we shy away from is because how we fear is going to make us feel. So many dreams are killed by the fear of how it might feel if we fail. So feelings are really everything, is probably the most important thing in life. And yet most of us have a very underdeveloped relationship with our feelings. Basically every time I start working with a new client and we talk about a specific scenario in their life and I ask them what they felt, they always answer with a thought and it's completely normal. We don't know the difference between thoughts and feelings. 
And then we get more educated in what a feeling is and we start to be able to identify if we feel good or bad, positive or negative, happy or sad. But we still lack a language, we lack the nuances. Being connected with your feelings, able to tap into them, identify them, feel them and use them to access a deeper understanding of your mind, that is coming from a very feminine energy. Which is, of course, one of the reasons why we're not very skilled at this in a masculine-dominated world. But it's not only feminine energy, it's also super smart. It's actually really intelligent to choose to learn that. Not only to make you immune to the breadcrumbers, but also to build a stronger and more compassionate relationship with yourself. So if you are this kind of woman who feels that you live most of your life in your head, I want to challenge you to start living just for a moment in your body, start to really feel what's going on there, access your feelings, notice what's happening, and then bring it back to your head so that you can make smarter decisions from there. Because this is one of the benefits from being connected with your emotions. You will make better decisions for yourself. But first, let me walk you through some of the basics. And I just want to say that when I talk about feelings and emotions, I'm not distinguishing between those two. I'm speaking about them as if they were the same in this context. And as I said in the beginning, all feelings are generated by a thought. There's only a very few exceptions. For instance, in the fight or flight response and in a trauma response, a feeling will come just a split second before the thought. But in general, feelings are generated by a thought. And it might not be a thought that we experience consciously, because a large portion of our thoughts are automatic, they are recycled, and the brain is lazy, it prefers to think the same thoughts as yesterday. So a lot of what we're thinking is something that we're not even conscious about. So sometimes we experience the feeling first, and we don't really know what is the thought that created it, why do I feel like this, and then we have to search for the thought. But there is always a thought behind it. And when I say thought, it's the same as the perception or the interpretation of circumstances, the meaning we give to what we see and experience. And that is, of course, always very individual. We experience the same circumstances differently. For instance, I might have a very negative thought about someone cancelling an appointment with me, and therefore I feel disappointed. And if it was you, maybe you would have positive thoughts about it because you didn't even want to meet the person anyway, so you would feel relieved. Our feelings, disappointed or relieved, were not due to the appointment being cancelled. It was due to the meaning we gave it. A thought is a sentence or a story in our mind. It's the meaning that we give to things. A feeling, on the other hand, is a vibration in our body. It's not felt by the brain, it's felt in our body. And the human body is built to feel a whole range of feelings. And feelings can be extremely uncomfortable, but they cannot actually harm us. Try to think of the most uncomfortable feeling you ever had. For many people, that would be shame. It's the feeling of, I am wrong, there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough. Except no one ever knows what good enough really means, right? But it's not to be confused with guilt, which is, I did something wrong. Now try to think of all the things we do or don't do to avoid potentially feeling wrong. Fear of a negative feeling can completely take control of our life if we, for instance, hold ourselves back from pursuing a dream. 
But why are we so afraid of feeling something negative? Is it really that bad? A fun experiment that you can do is something my teacher and mentor Brooke Castillo has invented. Imagine you are at a party and I am the host, and I'm walking around among all the guests and carrying a little tray, like the one you would have with hors d'oeuvre or a glass of champagne. Except on this tray, I have a number of different syringes, and they are all filled with different negative emotions that I can inject you with. So now you can choose between shame, fear, anxiety, embarrassment, anger, insecurity, jealousy, etc. And you get to feel it for 60 seconds. That's how long the product works. Imagine I was then to inject you with one of these, of your own choice, of course. Imagine what it would feel like in your body. Try to immerse yourself into how that feels to you. Where does this feeling sit? Is it in your solar plexus? Is it in your throat? Is it in your chest? Where is it? And is it warm or cold? Does it feel heavy or light? Try to imagine you were to describe this in a neutral, factual way. Like a scientist who is observing yourself. And then ask yourself, was it really that bad? Is this really what's holding me back from doing all the things I want in life? When we open up to fully experiencing an emotion, it actually takes only around 90 seconds. 90 seconds, that's all. It's only when you resist it and push it away that it lingers for a long time. So now you know the basics, then what does it mean to be emotionally available or unavailable to yourself? If you are emotionally unavailable to yourself, here's what it could look like. You don't want to feel your negative feelings, so you push them away. You try to ignore them and pretend to yourself that everything is fine. You judge your feelings by thinking, I shouldn't be feeling this now. For instance, if you're dating a guy that you really like and he doesn't give you much attention, You tell yourself it's okay, you are strong and independent, you don't need him to answer your text, you're busy too, this is silly, you don't want to be needy, you tell yourself that you're totally fine. But the problem is, you are not fine. You feel unappreciated, you feel unseen, but you ignore that part of you who isn't content. That part of you doesn't get to have a voice. She just doesn't get your attention. You pretend that she doesn't exist, and then you move on. So can you see how, by doing this, you are really mirroring what he's doing? You're mirroring that to yourself. You offer that inner part of yourself only crumbs. You're not taking her seriously. It could also be if a guy that you started to like, for instance, tells you that he doesn't want to continue dating because he found someone else. Then you tell yourself, I'm better off without him. I don't even want to be sad about this. He's not worth it. It wasn't even a real relationship, so I shouldn't be sad about this. I will just go back in the app and find someone else. I'm totally fine. But again, you are not fine. You still feel sad, except you're not allowing yourself to feel it. And then you might choose to buffer away your feelings by distraction strategies like overworking, overeating, overdrinking, over-shopping, or something else, to not feel the negative feelings. It could also show up if you want to set a boundary, but you are scared that this is not going to be received in a positive way. 
So instead you compromise yourself. You ignore the gut feeling that you have that tells you to set a boundary. Basically, every time you don't listen to yourself, the part inside you that feels hurt, unappreciated, unloved or unseen, you are emotionally unavailable to yourself. Being emotionally available to yourself, on the other hand, means that you are open to feel all your feelings, also the difficult and undesirable ones. You don't try to push them aside or buffer them away. You can feel all of them without judging them. And you take them seriously, but without giving them all your power. So, for instance, if you meet a guy who turns out to be a breadcrumber that doesn't offer you much attention, you notice that you feel unappreciated and disappointed. You connect with yourself and you listen to that feeling. You allow yourself to feel it. You acknowledge your feeling. So instead of telling yourself that you're fine and you don't need anything, you say, I'm disappointed. I feel unappreciated. I'm not getting what I want from this connection. Those feelings are valid. This is not a good situation for me. Or in the situation where the guy wants to stop dating you, instead of telling yourself that you shouldn't be feeling sad, you say, I'm sad because of the idea of a potential relationship with this guy. It's okay to be sad now. Even if he wasn't the right one for me, I still had the idea of a future together. So of course I'm sad. You allow negative feelings to be there as part of the human experience, but you also don't drown in them. You don't let them take control of you. You acknowledge them, you get curious about why you feel them, and then you decide what you want to do from there. So if you imagine your emotions being a group of small children inside yourself. Now, just follow me on this one, because I think it can be very illustrative. Now you have a particular difficult emotion and that is the one child that keeps screaming at you. When you are emotionally unavailable to yourself, you tell the child to be quiet, but she keeps screaming. Then you might shout at her and tell her to shut up and that you don't have time for this right now, but she keeps screaming. And then you go to the kitchen and grab a bag of candy and throw it at her and tell her, here, eat that and let me have some peace and quiet. When you are emotionally available to yourself, on the other hand, and you hear the child screaming, you put aside what you are doing and ask the child to come and sit with you. You give her a hug and you comfort her and tell her, I am here for you, and you let her cry. And then when she's calmed down and she stops crying, you ask her to tell you everything, tell you what's wrong, why she's feeling upset, and you listen to her and you validate her feelings. So you can already see how this would change how you date. Really deeply listening to yourself and acknowledging your feelings will mean that you don't allow people into your life that are not aligned with what you want. Because that would be like making a pact with the hurt child inside you and then not give a fuck about it. That wouldn't feel okay anymore. You have seen her. You've connected with her. You can't abandon her now. So when you practice emotional availability with yourself, You will eventually become immune to men who offer you only crumbs. Men who are not ready for an emotional commitment. You are just not open to that anymore. And you will be more true to your boundaries and values. But there's more to it than that. You become your own best friend. You create a strong connection with yourself. Knowing that you are always there for yourself. That you can feel whatever feeling you experience and you will have your own back. 
you build self-trust that way. And repeatedly showing yourself that your feelings are valid, that also grows your worthiness feeling. And you will become less scared of feeling difficult feelings, which in turn makes you more courageous. Because if you normally hold yourself back due to fear of feeling embarrassed, for instance, now you know you can feel anything, then you go out and do what you really want to do, which again will build your confidence. And as feelings are all created by a thought, then what happens when you open up to them and get curious about them is that you use them as data to access your thoughts. Those thoughts that might be less obvious to you, those that are not conscious to you in the moment. And that gives you in the end a deeper understanding of yourself, more self-awareness. Feelings are a key to your mind. So I hope you can see that there are many benefits to being emotionally available to yourself. But the thing is, it's typically very difficult for strong, independent women to be emotionally available to ourselves. And that is simply because we learned that the way to handle our own negative emotions is to push through them instead of feeling them. We learned that vulnerability is weak. We take pride in being independent. And that also means being on top of everything and not showing any signs of fatigue, despair or overwhelm, for instance. And on top of that, We are in our head all the time. We don't even allow ourselves to feel. Sometimes not even the positive emotions either. We live our life from the prefrontal cortex, which in many situations is really useful, don't get me wrong, but you don't get the full human experience by being only present in your brain. We also have never been taught, and this goes for everyone, not only strong independent women, what it really looks like to feel our feelings. We think it means drowning in a tsunami of disappointment or anger, that we give away control of ourselves and that we might never be able to stop these strong negative emotions again. Which is of course not true. When we have an experience that we can never stop a negative feeling, it's because we don't feel hurt. We need to feel validated in our pain. So when you listen to and give yourself understanding and compassion, you will be able to move out of the negative emotion. Like the moment you listen to and comfort the child, the screaming stops. So you won't get caught in endless negative emotions. So here at the end, I want to give you some inspiration to get started on connecting with yourself emotionally. You already have an idea of how to approach this from the example of imagining a negative emotion as a child. So whenever you feel something that's bothering you, whether that is insecurity, anxiety, fear, frustration or another negative emotion then take a moment and allow yourself to sit with it feel the feeling without judgment just notice how it feels in your body name it and let it be there without rushing it remind yourself that the feeling is always valid because it's created by a thought there's nothing wrong with the feeling it's here because of a thought but the thought might be something you want to challenge So get curious about why you feel like you do. What is the thought behind? Now, it's an important step to actually feel the feeling, not jump straight to intellectualizing it, naming it, analyzing it, and finding the thought behind. Because the step where you actually feel it, this is what's going to create that strong connection with yourself so that you don't jump straight back into the same again. This is the moment where you teach your subconscious that your feelings matter that the hurt part of you matter. 
And I say this because I did this a lot myself. I intellectualized my feelings so I could just stay in my head and not really feel them. And this is just another avoidance strategy, so pay attention to that. And I am myself someone who's always been really good at pushing through negative emotions and not allowing myself to be vulnerable. I also was very good at telling myself that I didn't give a fuck when I had a bad dating experience or was rejected, that he wasn't worth my time anyway and I was better off without, which is probably true in many cases, but it was also a way to suppress my feelings. And when we judge our feelings like this, when we tell ourselves that we shouldn't be feeling a certain way, it becomes even more difficult to process it and get rid of it. It's like a layer of judgment on top of the original emotion and it's hiding what's really going on. So I hope this was useful for you and you feel inspired to start approaching your emotions in a new way. Get curious about how you feel and why. Allow yourself to feel it. Validate your feelings so you can build a strong immune system against emotionally unavailable men that you meet on your dating journey. Now, this was the last in three episodes about emotional availability. And if this rings a bell with you and you recognize the tendency of falling for breadcrumbers and not really taking your own needs seriously, then you might want to look into working with a coach who can help you see your patterns and break them so that you completely shift your dating and start attracting a different kind of man. Someone who is emotionally available and ready for a commitment of the kind that you are looking for. So if you want to know more about how you can work with me as your private one-to-one coach, then book a consultation call so we can chat. There's a link in the show notes and on my website, lærkethelovecoach, L-A-E-R-K-E, thelovecoach.com. And when you book a consultation call with me, it's 45 minutes and it's free and we talk about your situation, your specific challenges, and I can tell you how I can help you And you get to decide if this is something you want for yourself. And I will be back next week with a new episode. And in the meantime, go feel all your feelings. Get curious about the whole range of emotions we have access to as human beings. And don't forget to have fun and enjoy dating. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast and you want to get support from a coach on your love journey, I invite you to book a free console call with me. You will find the link in the show notes. And also, don't forget to subscribe. And I would love it if you would rate and review this podcast. And then you'll also help other women find it. 